0: so glad you're here today. Uh, it is very important. We want you to feel at home. That's, that's the way you should feel when you come to church. Even for the first time, you walk in, you should feel at home. And uh, we, we feel like God hadn't just called us to attend church. He wants us to be connected church. So you hear that a lot. We want you to be connected, whether it's here or where, whether it's somewhere else. Maybe you're passing through. Maybe you're on your way. Man, I strongly recommend that you get connected. You put yourself into a church wherever God calls you because you don't have to do life alone. There's no reason to do not life alone, life alone because God puts you as part of the body of Christ, and he wants to bless you, and he wants to grow you. That's why we do something called Growth Track. You might have gone through this area over here. We're doing something called Growth Track, where you get connected, where you learn about Faith Code Church, where you get to meet some of the the team leaders. Maybe you're thinking about being a part of our dream team. Our dream team is that's what we call volunteers. We call them the dream team. Maybe you're thinking about doing that. Stop by dream or stop by Growth Track next couple of weeks. It happens about every week, so you can go back at any time and be a part of Growth Track, but get connected. Hey, we're kicking off a brand new series today called With Honor. I'm really, really excited about this series. I've been wanting to preach this for months. And uh, it's, it's not one of those messages that, you know, like l- the last month, we did something called I Am, the words of Jesus. Man, that was so inspirational to my heart. This is something a little bit different, but this is a game changer. The reason we're talking about honor with honor, this series, the reason we're talking about that is I believe in our postmodern culture, it's something we don't talk enough about. We don't talk about honor that much anymore. And I think it needs to come from our churches. We need to, we need to revisit what it is to live an honorable life. Revisit what honor is. What happens is over the last 50 years there's been a shift and what there's been a shift in values. And that shift in values has brought, I believe, less emphasis to the subject of honor. And if we're not careful, that, is, that has caused uh, generations of kids, the last couple of generations, to grow up not interested and not knowing what honor is. So we're talking about this because it affects the generations that are coming behind us. But another reason that we're talking about it is as we have a greater understanding of something so powerful as honor... As we discuss honor, it's not about behavior modification. This is not about, this series is not about you changing your behavior so you are more of an honorable person. This is about you tapping into the power of living and understanding honor. Because when you understand that, it increases your capacity to be blessed by God. Because God says, if you will honor me, I will honor you. But what does it mean to honor God? What does it mean to honor people around you? How do we exemplify that in our lives today? And we're going to talk about all of those things over the next few weeks. And I believe that this message is going to change your life. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to sit and learn from you. Thank you for the opportunity to dive into your word. Teach us what honor is. Teach us what it is to honor a holy God. Grow our lives, our understanding that we may please you and live according to your plan in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, this will change your life. I believe that. I really believe that. Like I said before, I'm so excited about this this topic. But it's not an easy topic because it's going to step on all of our toes just a little bit. Because it's going to bring some of our lives into check, including mine. Let's define honor. Well, first of all, honor, it's kind of a, a different kind of word because it has double meanings. It has two or three different meanings. For example, if you are a person who shows honor, that means that you give somebody a lot of respect or you hold them in high esteem. But if you are a person, who, if you're a person of honor... Or you're an honorable person. That means you're a person of integrity. That means that you're a person of moral character. So it's, it's double meaning. But when you get a clear understanding of honor, when you give and you receive it, it increases the capacity to live an honorable life. And when we live honorable lives, we open up our lives for the blessing of God in our lives. Because God, the Bible says that God will honor us if we honor him. Imagine the impact on your life if you have a holy God that looks down and favors you because of your life, because of your honor. Now here's the deal. It's important that we get this because if we don't understand honor, we won't appreciate it and we won't pursue it. If we don't understand honor, if we don't understand the impact that it has on our lives, we won't pursue it, and we won't appreciate it. And if we lose our pursuit for honor, we lose our sense of honor. And our sense of honor is how we treat people, and it's how we live our lives. If we lose that, it affects our lives. Therefore, we have something that, I, that, I, that I'm calling displaced honor. Everybody say displaced honor. I want to be using that term a lot today. We have displaced honor. That's when we pursue and we honor things that, sh- that are not honorable. That's when we pursue and we honor people that aren't necessarily honorable. The, 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 the traits and the lifestyles of people, it's displaced honor. Kind of like when we honor talent and beauty over character and integrity. We do that a lot in our culture. We honor talent and we honor beauty. But we don't place our honor. We don't put a lot of high honor in, as far as character and integrity. Displaced honor. That's where we honor desire and pleasure over discipline and spiritual growth. That's displaced honor. That's when we honor beauty of youth over the wisdom of the aged. That's displaced honor. So what is this thing called honor and what does the scripture have to say about it? That's what we're going to talk about. Listen to me. Some of the things that I'm going to talk about are going to rub you the wrong way. Look at your neighbor and say, you might as well get ready. Because it rubs me the wrong way. And I'm not going to not preach a message that's in the Scripture. I'm not going to read the Scripture, and I'm not, I'm not going to hold back from a subject that I really feel like it's important that we should learn, simply because it rubs me the wrong way. Well, you know, that's a, that's a topic that I need to avoid. How many of you know that I don't avoid confrontational topics? You know that about me? You need to understand. But I'm not going to avoid the topic because, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, it's not inspirational. No, I think it's important that we hear the whole truth of the Bible. You believe that? Do you want me to preach the truth? What, what, if, I don't, what if it's rubbing me the wrong way? What if it's a little bit confrontation? Do you still want the truth? You can't handle the truth. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So here's the deal. These are th- I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you my opinions. I'm going to give you what the scripture says because I really feel like this is an important subject that's overlooked in churches. Today. The scripture has a lot to say about honor. In first Peter two and eleven, first Peter two and eleven, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the letter that the Apostle Peter writes to the church, and there's two specific subjects of where we are to put put or to give honor in our lives today. I'm going to talk to this week and to next week, and then I'm going to talk about honoring God for the next part of the weeks. First Peter two and eleven says, Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, he's not talking about different countries. He's talking about the fact that this world is not our home as believers. We're only passing through. So he's saying we're temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your what? Your honorable behavior and they will give what? They will give honor to God when he judges the world. So our honor, the first thing that we have to realize is that our honor and living honorable lives speaks volumes to people that aren't believers, that we find out that our behavior and how we honor each other and how we honor God, that not only, not only impacts our lives, but people who are not believers look at the way we live our lives, how we address the subject of honor, and it impacts people for God. There are areas specifically that we are to show honor, and I want to talk about those. As I said before, of course we are to honor God, but I want to go two different directions than that today and get back to that later. First of all, we are given a mandate to be examples to our world. You believe that? Say amen. That God has called you, he has chosen you, he has equipped you. The Bible says that you are bought with a price. He didn't just save you. For what he wants to do for you eternally, he has a purpose for your life. And as we just read, we are supposed to model honorable behavior. People should learn about honor from us as believers. In 1 Peter, it lists a couple of things that we're going to discuss. Number one, as we're going to read here, the Bible says that we are to honor governing authority. We are to honor governing authorities. That is a very hard thing for us to say, isn't it? In our American culture, man, but here's the deal. We have displaced honor in our nation today. From top government all the way down to teachers. We are not giving honor where honor is due. And the Bible says, and it's specific about how we are to deal with people, and I want to read that and what we're going, what's going on. In all walks of institutions all over is an issue of honor. Let me give you an example. I have... I had complete or sole custody of my son from 13 years old to 18 years old before. He's, he's a freshman in college. But for about six years there, I could, had complete custody of him as a single parent. And uh, if you're a single parent, you know what I'm talking about. It was not easy. It was not easy to be a, uh, you know, make the teacher's meetings and all these things. And to be honest, I didn't make all the teacher's meetings. You know, I just don't. I didn't have time to make all those. But here's what I decided that I would do. A couple of nights before the first day of school, what they would do is they would have this meet and greet of all the teachers. And you meet all the teachers, they go over the syllabus with you, they talk to you about the rules in their class, and all the parents get to meet the teachers at the high school. So what I decided to do is, is, is I decided to go down there and, and I talked to every teacher. I'm Travis, I'm Baylor's dad. Here's the deal, I'm, I'm a very busy person, I can't always make every meeting, but here's what I would do. Uh, as far as how I can help you. And I wrote down my cell phone number and I gave it to the teacher and I said, if you have one problem with him, you call me and I promise you I'll take care of it. I don't care what it is. If he is causing you a problem in any way, I will take care of it. And they were shocked at that. And I don't know why, I mean, here's, and here's the second thing that I did. And I'm not saying this is for you. And there are different situations in all environments. But I didn't give Baylor the benefit of the doubt if the teacher called me. My first thing was, my first thought was, what did you do? Now, I I let him explain, but I gave the teacher the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because I feel like that's an act of honor. Now, I wasn't thinking act of honor when I said this. I just don't want Baylor getting in trouble. And I had this conversation. I got a few phone calls because... You know, my son was a very social person, if you know what I'm talking about. It was always a deal where he was disrupting the class and always talking, so I, we, I had this conversation. I said, listen, she, he's got 30 other students. Don't be disrupting the class, but I don't care what it is. I don't want to get any phone calls, and if I do, you're going to be in trouble. you got to deal with me. And if, you're going to, if you really feel the need to talk to somebody during class, be smart enough not to get caught or don't do it at all. But... They very much appreciated that. When they called me, they said, Mr. Hurst, we like him, blah, blah, blah. But man, and I said, I will definitely take care of that, and if you have any problems. And as I look back on that now, the, re- the reason I thought that they appreciated that, as the reason I think that they were appreciated back then is because really, at the end of the day, it's an act of honor. You know what? I, parents, if we would take responsibility for the actions of our kids, we wouldn't have these issues in our schools. If you believe that, say yes. I don't want to spend too much time with that. In 1 Peter 2 and 13, it says, we subject or be subject for the Lord's sake. Look at that. Be subject for the Lord's sake. We are to show honor for the Lord's sake. Even if you may not agree with every situation, even if you feel like, you know, I don't know about that. For the Lord's sake to every human institution. Whether it is to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. You have to understand who this was written to. This was written to people that had been taken over by the Romans. These were, this was, this was people of the Jerusalem church. This was people that were that, that were you know, taken captive by another nation. He's saying, You honor these people, even though that it is your enemy because God has people as agents, even though you may not agree you didn't vote for that emperor or whatever. God uses people that are in power as his agents. It's not your responsibility to dishonor people. So I'm not trying to get political. I'm trying to talk to you about what the Bible says, and I'm trying to teach us about honor. It's written to people. Who was, who was serving a nation that wasn't theirs. Here's the deal. I don't have to always agree with a person who is in authority. That doesn't matter where it is, whether it be in your job, whether it be in government, whether it be at school, whether it be police officers. I don't always have to agree with a person who is in authority, but I am given a mandate to honor. Did you hear that? I don't always have to agree. See, honor is a choice that I make regardless of the person Out of the mandate that God has given me to honor, regardless of the person, regardless of whether or not I think my boss is a jerk, regardless of that, honor is a choice that I make regardless of the person based on what God has asked me to do. If you believe that, say amen. Last week, I was pulling out of the parking lot here, and as I was pulling out, out, I had to pull around a highway patrol that was parked right in the middle of our driveway, and he was clocking people that was coming off an i 40 Right now, during this construction zone, it's 50 miles per hour, and I'm telling you, they mean 50. Listen, when you head this way, until this is done, they, they gave somebody from our church almost a $400 ticket last week. You better be paying attention out here, okay? But, I, you know, it, it was kind of, kind of got on my nerves last week, but I get it. You know, they're doing their job, and, and uh, hey, if you don't want a ticket, don't speed, right? Obey the law. That's the simple uh, and that's a simple end of the story right there. But I was, as I was pulling out, it kind of got on my nerves. And I was thinking, why does this get on my nerves? And it, and it took me back to a point in my life for my view of police officers. And listen to me. I have the utmost respect for people who enforce the law, okay? I, I think there's some displaced honor with that. I have the utmost respect. But I was trying to think, why is this bothering me? This is, this, we want this. We, want, we don't want people going 100 miles an hour down this road hitting people that are working on the highway. Travis, why is this bothering you? So I did a little inventory of a time in my life where my opinion of police officers were a little bit skewed. Can I tell you this story? Is it, it takes a little bit of time. Is it all right if I spend some time here and tell you this story? But before I tell you this story, I have to give you a definition of a story. Do you guys know what a travesty is? Okay, a travesty, my name is Travesty. Travesty is an event, usually a bad thing that happened to Pastor Travis that he uses as an illustration. okay. I had to go all the way back to when I was 17 years old. It was the closest that I ever came to dying. I used to live in Tecumseh, where the stoplight is in Tecumseh, the only stoplight, exactly one mile west is where I live. There's a road there called Hurst Road. I lived on that road. My grandfather, uh, you know, lived there. My parents lived there. So I was coming home from school. And as you get exactly a mile out of town, the speed begins to kick up. It goes from 45 to 55 very quickly, and then it goes to 65. And everybody, as they get to that point, usually just hit the gas and get to going really fast. Well, that's where we always exit. Well, so while I was exiting, I had my brother and my sister in the back, and I was coming home from school. As I was exiting, all of a sudden, I heard the sound of an eighteen-wheeler horn just blowing like crazy, and then I heard the Jake brake compression sound. You know what I'm talking about? And then I heard screeching wheels. You know, and I looked in my mirror, and you know it says objects in mirror are closer than that appear. You know, and I saw headlights, and we all braced. And everybody, except for me, screamed as loud as they could. I thought it was over. And at the last minute, I don't know how he did it. At the last minute, he got back over to the right. He smashed into the back of my Jeep, and it, you know, it took us up in the air and dropped us back down. And I ran off the road, and he ran off the other side of the road down into the ditch. And, man, I, was, I remember sitting there thinking, we almost died. We almost died. My brother and sister, they were younger. They were crying. And I was, you know, I was breathing heavy. And uh, not long after that, the police officer arrived. And uh, my thinking was, this is kind of a, a close-in case. He uh, he was speeding. He was trying to pass me in a no-passing zone. And he hits you from behind. If somebody hits you from behind, it's kind of over it, you know. You, you can't do that, my understanding. So I'm sitting there, and the police officer walks up, and he goes, what happened? And I explained to him, and he said, he says you didn't use your blinker. And I said, well, you know, let me look. And I went to turn, turn on my ignition. And the blinker was actually still on. I said, I used my blinker, and he said, he said you didn't. So he walked back and forth a couple of times and came back to me and asked me again. He, and then he walked up to me, and he said, listen here, Mr. Hurst. If I find out that you're lying, you're going to be in serious trouble. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I just I just don't know what to tell you. So about that time, my dad shows up. And you just... If you don't know my dad, my dad's just a different kind of character. He's just I don't know how to explain that, except he's just different, okay? So my dad... Walks up on the scene, he sticks his head in the Jeep, looks back and sees everybody and looks at me and said, son, what happened? What did you do? You know? And I said, well, and I explained to him, no passing zone, you know, uh, everything that happened exactly the way you know, I, I said it. And my dad walks out in the middle of the street with a police officer and he takes off his glasses and he looked at the guy and he goes, what are you trying to do here? Sir, I'm working an accident, if you know my," He said, let me tell you something. And he explained it, he quoted me basically, no passing zone, uh, speeding, And he just about ran over and killed my three kids. What I need for you to do is I need you to do your job and give us some justice here. You think you can do that? Mr. Hurst, I'm going to ask you to go. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to be standing around to make sure you do your job. I mean, you can take that for whatever. I'm just telling you what happened. And then it went exactly, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do, but he kind of gave me a dirty look at the same time. So everything went exactly as it was planned. Everybody went home. But I'm telling you right now, it wasn't over for me. It wasn't over. Fast forward 30 days. All right, back in the 80s, we did something called cruising. We cruised through town. You remember that? Anybody grew up in the 80s? Anybody cruised town? That's what we did. And then we would all land at some place in 40 cars or 30 cars over here. I don't know why, but people would cruise and you'd wave at people. And it was really cool to turn your stereo up really loud, roll your windows down, <laughs> you know waving, it, okay, but when a fight broke out, something went down, everybody said, we're going over here for the fight. So somebody, it got word through, you know, So however that happened, there's gonna be a fight in South Range Line. So everybody gets in their cars, they drive out on Broadway, that Broadway loop or whatever, South Range Line turns to gravel, you drive to the engine range line, that's where the fight take, takes place. So we all got out there, there's like 30 cars, headlights pointing, you know how this works, right? You guys remember this, headlights pointing in, Fight takes place in the middle. So we all get out, everybody, you know, things are happening that shouldn't be happening. Open containers, you know, teenagers are doing this stuff. Everybody's out there, we're all having a, you know, we're like, ah, here we go, here we go. The guys get in the middle of the circle, fight's about to break out, and all of a sudden, here comes a car, blue lights flashing. It's a cop. They get out. Everybody stay where you are. Everybody stay where you are. We're looking for Travis Hurst. Travis Hurst, where are you? Travis Hurst. And all of my good friends that I love so much went, he's right there. It's like the parting of the Red Sea. He's right there. I'm, I'm Travis Hurst. We need you to come with us. So they walked over. He walked over to my Jeep, and he says, are you drinking anything? this evening, Travis? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not, my, my dad would kill me. If I did anything like that, no, literally, he would kill me. Okay. No, no, absolutely not. Well, we're going to find out right now. Step over here. So they click this light. they shine this light in my eyes. i like, hold your head up. Okay. All right, we're going to step, step over here. We want you to walk this line. So I had to, to walk the line, and then I walked the line. Then we're like, okay, close your eyes. And then, you know, you got to do this right here. I couldn't, can't do that. I couldn't do that anyway, you know. Okay, we want you to do that. All right, stand over there. So we had, I mean everybody stopped doing what they were doing and just watching this situation. All right, come over here. We're going to then they search my Jeep top to bottom. I mean, just took it apart on the inside, glove box, everything. Couldn't find Oh, what's this? It's a baseball bat. What are you doing with it? I hit baseballs. Actually, the truth is, somebody tried to attack me with a bumper jack, so I had to get a weapon, but I didn't want to tell That's a different travesty. I'll tell you about that sometime. So all annoyed and everything, you know, okay. Didn't talk to anybody else. Okay, let's go. Load it up and left us all sitting there. And I was like, what was that about? And then he let me know. He says, I'm going to be watching you, Mr. Hurst. And that totally changed my mind about police officers. I mean, it, it skewed my opinion of it. Fast forward one more year. I'm driving down the same road in my Jeep. There was a girl that I had a little bit of a crush on. I was going to impress her. I went around in this little Jeep, this Jeep CJ5, shifted down. It just started raining. It was a little bit slick. My tires broke traction, spun out, went all the way around, ran into a rock wall, flipped my Jeep. Totally out, Right in front of a police officer. He gets out. What happened, Mr. Hurst? Well, I was, I don't Well, I was, I know exactly what happened. Come over here and sit down. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Do you know what you did wrong? Yes, I I just shifted down. He said, well, actually, you were speeding. You were passing in a no-passing zone, and you were right in the middle of a school zone, and you were driving recklessly. That's what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, I I, I guess I was. He said, but it's okay. I'm not going to write you up. You just lost your Jeep. Your parents, they're on their way. Listen to me. Calm down. Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's all right. Here come your parents. I'm going to talk to them. They're upset. I can see I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to write you a ticket. I got to write you a ticket, but when it's time to pay for it, come see me, okay? Totally different situation. Same kind of authority, different police officer. Completely different experience. Let me tell you something. Just because I have a bad experience does not give me the right to dishonor authority. Are you with me? Let me me just say that again, because we've all had bad experiences with authority. Just because you have a couple of bad experiences does not give us the right to dishonor authority. In Titus 3 and 1, it says, Remind the believers to submit to the government and to its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true human humility to everyone. Just because you have the right to say something about somebody doesn't mean that you should. In our culture, not only do we have the right to speak harshly or speak bad about authority, we all have a platform called social media, which means you can, in front of your 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 friends, you can say whatever your freedom of speech allows you to. You can tear down people, you can say terrible things uh, about people that aren't given the same kind of liberty to come back and say, hey, that's not true about me. Have you ever had somebody say something about you bad on social media? Have you ever had somebody say something bad about you at work? Here's the deal. Just because we have the right, just because we have the means, just because we have the platform, it does not mean that that's honoring to God. Here's the deal. Anybody can do that. But God has called us to be different. Amen? Amen. Uh, Something that we should be asking ourselves is, how has God called me to live? The answer is, God has called me to live and pursue honor. And that means honoring authority. Number two, let let, let me say this before I go to number two. Honoring authority is a choice I make regardless of cultural norm. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. Honoring authority is a choice that I make regardless of cultural norm. Number two, it's important that we honor our spouse. This is in the scripture that we just read in, in Peter. The displaced honor that we have within marriage, that's when you honor somebody above your spouse. Sometimes we find ourselves being kinder, being honorable more to people that we don't live with. Why? Because of familiarity. Sometimes when we spend so much time with a person and we get to really know a person, sometimes the way that we honor them decreases and it causes hurt feelings, but remember, honor is a choice, And I can display acts of honor regardless of how I feel. That's the definition of love. In First Corinthians the 13th chapter, love is patient, love is kind. Love endures all things. love, in, love believes all things, etc. In other words, regardless of how you feel, if you want to have a successful marriage, you have to show acts of love regardless. Of how you're feeling. That's what love is. First Peter 3 and 1, it says, In the same way, you wives... In the same way. In the same way as what? This is a continuation of the verse that I just read. It's talking about honoring authority. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them. Look at that. Even if people aren't believing, even if they're not not living according to God's plan, your godly lives will speak. How you treat your spouse speaks to people that don't believe. Your godly lives will speak to them without any words. You don't need to be a witness if you're living an honorable life, or you don't need to be a witness with your words if you're living an honorable life. They will be won over. People will come to know Christ by observing your pure and reverent lives. Notice there's more at stake here than your home how we live our lives, how we pursue honor, how we honor each other within the home. Listen, we turn people on and off to Christ by how we treat each other in marriage. Did you hear that? We turn people on or off to Christ by how we honor each other and how we treat each other in marriage rather than speak a word Show honor to each other. First Peter 3 and 7 says, In the same way, just, just as it was with wives, it is in husbands. In the same way that husbands, in the same way as wives are to honor their husbands, it says here, You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you. talking physically. Than, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Wow. Wow. Treat, her, treat your wife with honor or it's going to affect your prayer life. That reminds me of some of the conversations that I've had with guys and dealing with my daughters. If you do not honor her, if you are ever mean to her, you will have issue with me. That's what, that's what the word is saying here. It's kind of like this. Your, your wife is somebody's daughter, and your wife is God's daughter. Are you with me? And it's like he's saying, "Listen, if you dishonor my daughter, you and I, we're going to have problems." That's what he's saying right there. What I don't understand is that's not given the same emphasis when it comes to wives. This is just a commandment. This is just something that is given to men. She is my daughter. And if you don't treat her with respect, if you dishonor her, you're going to have issue with me. So honor your wives. When we recognize the significance of honor within a marriage, it's not only just going to change your marriage, but it's going to change your family. And when it changes your family, it's going to change the outcome of your family, and it's going to change your life. Honor each other within marriage. I'm gonna talk next week about honoring two other areas. I'm gonna talk about honoring parents. I'm gonna talk about what God says about other types of authority, but I wanna stop right there. Here's the deal I wanna close with this. How you live your life matters. It's not just about not sinning, it's not just about, you know, I'm not gonna do this because of certain things. How you live your life matters. And God has called us to live a certain way. He has called us to live in honor. How we treat authority matters. How we treat others around us matters to unbelievers. He has called us to be different because he has a purpose for our lives. Not, not just because the world is watching, but because he wants to bless you and he wants to give you favor as his child but he's not going to bless disobedience and he's not going to bless dishonorable lives. So I believe what God does is as we grow in this understanding of honor, as we live with honor, God begins to bless us. I got to thinking as I was writing the end of this message of, of, of why that we have an issue with this and why that, that we kind of shy away from this. And I believe that a lot of times that we don't walk and live lives of honor is because we don't consider ourselves to be honorable people that maybe because of the things that we've done in our lives or maybe because of the sin or maybe because of how we messed up, we don't see ourselves as people deserving of honor. And then we get tripped up of this definition of honor. We don't live honorable lives and and we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives because we don't have an understanding of this. but, But what if I told you that Jesus puts you in a place of honor and if you could see yourself the way he he views you as a person of honor that he died in your honor to make peace with God he honored you doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter how you've messed up you can you can Turn around your life, you can change your life, and you, sit, you can sit, make a decision. You know, I, I don't know how I've lived, or it doesn't matter how I've lived. It doesn't matter what I've done, but I choose honor. I choose to follow the Lord and His path for my life. And He's not concerned about your past, He's only concerned about your present, and He's concerned about your future. When you have a clear understanding, of honor you can walk in the plan of God and it will change your life if you believe that say amen. amen Heavenly Father I thank you Lord for bringing us here today and I thank you for speaking to us And I, I ask Lord that you will minister to us wherever we are to bring change in our lives as we discover honor's true meaning And Lord, maybe there are people here that that don't walk in this, I pray, that we grasp an understanding and you will increase our capacity for our understanding of the subject. That we can live according to your plan and walk in your blessing and favor in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, maybe God's dealing with you right now. Maybe you have... A disruption of honor in your life and, and your honor of certain authorities is skewed or maybe in your family your sense of honor is skewed in how you treat each other maybe your sense of honor and how you deal with people is skewed on how you deal with people all around you in your life and God is speaking to you today this is not about whether or not you follow Christ this is about a life of honor you live for God, he's Lord and Savior of your life but God is speaking to you today Let me address this in prayer today. If you're seated next to somebody you love, your spouse or close friend that you love, you might take that person by the hand and let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for confronting us in the area of honor in our lives. Father, I pray that you will forgive us for how we've failed in this area. And as you're bringing into our minds remembrance, as you're bringing into our lives areas in our lives that need to be changed. I pray that we do that. Speak to us. May we be people of honor. Giving honor to you with our lives as we honor each other. It speaks to people. And people have a desire to give you honor and want to be a part of your church. May we honor each other in our marriages as examples. And also, Lord, to live fulfilling lives. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that and receive it, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, he's not Lord and Savior of your life for whatever reason. Maybe you have never said, Jesus, will you be Lord and Savior of my life? You've never prayed that prayer. Or maybe you can say, Travis, I I live for God at some point in my life but I'm not living for him right now. And I want to rededicate my life to God. That's okay. You can rededicate your life to Christ for whatever reason. I'm about to say a prayer. If you'd like to be entered into this prayer, you can say, Travis, today if you'll pray, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'll tell you this, I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to stand. I won't ask you to come down here. I won't single you out in any way. I just want to know if I'm going to be praying for people. You can say, Travis, if you'll pray that prayer, I'm going to pray it with you right now, and I'm going to make things right with God. If that's you, real quickly, just put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for people. see your hand here, here, over there, over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? One more time, just in case you've been thinking about it. One more time, if you didn't raise your hand. And you know that you want to be entered into this prayer and you want to be part of it. You know you're serious about it. Real quickly, put your hand up and put it down so I I can see it. Okay, we're going to pray. Now I don't know if I saw everybody's hand, but God saw your hand, and more importantly, God saw your heart. And today as we pray, you're going to come home and you're going to give your life to Christ and he's going to change your life. This is an eternal decision that is made that you can forever be a part of the Lord. So pray this prayer out loud, and we'll all pray it together with you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. And I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. Jesus, I believe in you, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Now take my life and use it for your cause in the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys. Thank you, Lord, God. Thank you, Lord.